0: Hey, so in the, the Church of Jesus Christ, uh, since the Ascension, since, uh, the Ascension, uh, since Pentecost, whatever, uh, that's, that's the New Testament church. We're commanded to celebrate uh, two different ordinances. Uh, one is baptism, and the other is the Lord's Supper. And that's so we never forget the death, burial, and resurrection of, of, our, of our Lord. Uh, some people believe we're supposed to uh, also, an ordinance would be foot washing, which there is absolutely nothing wrong with foot washing. Um, I don't know that we're ready for that here yet, but, uh, no, I, uh, but, but it is a beautiful thing to, uh, as a servant to wash somebody else's feet. And uh, so some of y'all are like gagging inside right now, and some of you are like, oh, yeah, that would be awesome. And that's hence why we don't do it at this point. But it is something, but for sure we have the Lord's Supper and we have baptism. And so as you know, when we baptize somebody, they're standing in the water, and there they are standing, and that looks like a what? It looks like, what does it look like, Ethan? A cross, right? All right, good, man. And uh, so that's exactly how it's supposed to work, man. All right, and <coughs> so, and and Gavin, tell him when he doesn't know the answer, he was wigging out and not paying attention, what's the answer always? God. That's right. All right, so, but uh, <coughs> but his mind's fresh, bro. He's not going to wig out. All right, so we got, uh, so he's standing in the water, it's a cross, and when I take you under the water... Um, that represents Jesus' death and burial. But did he stay buried? According to even that last song or scripture, no, he rose again. And so when we bring you back up, it's a testimony to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's something that we do after somebody has given their life to Christ. And the way it's taught in the New Testament is that's your first opportunity to really preach and say, this is what I believe. I believe that Jesus died, was buried, and he rose again. And because I believe that, I am now dying to my old life and uh, as the boss of my life. And now I'm rising to a, live a new life with him as my power. Because I can't live that new life without his power and his Holy Spirit living in me. So, so that's the purpose of it. And if you are born again, if you've given your life to Christ, and you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and you do believe that you have died to your old life and you want to live your new life, um, in that resurrection power, and you have not been baptized, man, it's a great thing to do. It's, it's something we're commanded to do, and we can do it all the time. In fact, Sally, raise your hand, Sally. Sal- Sally's getting baptized, and uh, yeah, she's getting baptized. Maybe not today. Today, I, when I hold you out there, I'd say, hey, so if you were to die, are you 100% sure you go to heaven? And, and there's a possibility out there, all right? We can even postpone it later in the week, so you're sure of your salvation and eternal security, all right? Sometimes I even ask people out there, I say, hey, so if a bull it's kind of funny when we're out there at baptism, some we guys will be out there and I go, hey, so if a bull shark came and caught you by surprise on the rear end and drug you under and, and you died, would you, sure you're going to heaven? They're like, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, good, then I'm going to baptize you because you're pretty sure because that's really a possibility, all right? So anyways, that's what baptism is. Um, <coughs> communion is exactly that. What does the word communion even mean? If you and I were to have communion, what does that mean? Yeah, we're together. We commune together. We have fellowship. We have conversation. We, we set aside a time to spend together just us. That's what communion is. It, it's people that are special to us. You should have communion time with them where, man, you just set a special time. Isn't that what a date is? <laughs> I mean, it's it's supposed to be, right? You, you set a time aside just to commune with them. No external, you know, now I know we got to throw away the phones and all that other stuff. But man, I know some of y'all are finding this really, the, these guys back here in their 20s are are, are like, oh, what, uh, uh, we're gonna sit down without phones and without electronics? And now I know you guys do that. Tiny doesn't even have a phone, man. I've been texting you every day. And just to let you know, I love you and pray for you. He, he lost his flip phone. <laughs> so that's all right, man, you're, you're a legend. So. But but anyway, So so the idea is communion is setting aside a time. To just hang out together. And in reality, as you read about communion in Scripture, and we're going to read it from uh, 1 Corinthians again, chapter 11, verse, starting in verses 23, I'll give you a backdrop. Every time we have communion here, we read it again and we, and we teach about it. We teach what Scripture talks about, of how to have communion with God and what really God's purpose is in this communion with Him. So He doesn't tell us how often to have it in Scripture, Now, different churches, different denominations, different people have different times where they set it up, whether you're um, whatever your denomination, whatever it is. But in Scripture, it doesn't really say it just says have it. And so um, different people have different traditions with it. Um, I'm going to tell you when we have it, when we have it is when God starts putting it on my heart. And when I start thinking about it, and he starts putting it on my heart, guess what happens? Some people come up to me and say, "Hey, do we have communion around here? When are we? How many of y'all approached me in the last week or so and asked me if we're gonna have communion? Raise your hand. Yeah, you did. Who else? You did. Yeah, and some other people. I, I got. Uh, so as you said last week, you were like, "Hey, so yeah, we've been coming. And do y'all do communion here? Well, yes, we do communion because I believe a New Testament church needs to have communion. Set aside a time." where you get a chance corporately to hang out with God. And we're going to talk about what happens in that. And so guess what? I start getting other, It comes up in other conversations. That's exactly what I told you last week. I said it'll start coming up. I, we're probably having it this week or next week. I just already knew it because that's the way God works. And we end up having it five, six, seven, eight times a year in there. Um, but we have it, and it's so beautiful how God always puts it together of when we're going to have it. So know you're here, and God designed it for you corporately, together as a church, to be able to individually hang out with him today. Isn't that pretty cool? You know, Old Testament, how often did the high priest even get to do that? Once a year, man. And then he was swinging incense, dude. And, and, and they even tell us in tradition that somebody really kind of tied a rope on his ankle so that if God didn't accept his sacrifice when he went into the Holy of Holies, hey, and God struck him down, Phil, you go get him. <laughs> Are you going to get him? No, dude, I don't know if I even want to touch the rope to pull him out, right? But that's how important communion and how beautiful it is that since Christ died and the curtain to the Holy of Holy split from the top to the bottom and gave us access to God Almighty all the time, we can come boldly to the throne of God through the grace of Christ, man. And so that's where we have communion. And so we have a simple <coughs> outline that we use, and it's something that you can do daily. If you say, well, I want to do communion daily, well, do it. There's no, nothing in Scripture saying that it has to be some special person in the church that's overseeing it. There, it, it any believer can do it. It says there, It doesn't tell you in Scripture anywhere that there's a special group that has to be together to do it. It doesn't even say there's got to be a special number. It just tells us what's supposed to happen within communion. And in it, what we're going to do, it's something so simple. We go over it every time. How many of y'all already know the outline? How many of y'all have been here long enough you know the outline already? Not because you just read it, but okay, yeah. Uh, but anyways, we look back, we look forward, we look in to be able to look out, all right? So just, just humor me here with some worship aerobics for a minute, all right? So everybody put, put your fingers up real quick, all right? All right, yeah, your thumbs, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, get your thumbs there, good, good, good. Look back, look back, look forward, look in to look out. One more time, look back, look forward, look in to look out. How many of y'all can remember that? How many of y'all can't? and We need to pray for you. I'm just serious, all right? Maybe we should make a T-shirt, Jesus. uh, Jesus, JJ, make a T-shirt, JJ. (laughs) Pull her back. (laughs) Yeah, but 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 seriously, that's the outline that you can do. And 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 after you look at Scripture, um, I think you're going to see that it's a very accurate outline as to what you can of how you can have that intimate fellowship with God. You can do this alone. You can do it out on the beach. You can do it. What's your new friend's name? Yeah, you can do it with Omar if he wants to. I'm just saying you can do it. Oh man, Scott, is it not a beautiful thing when you've done it in your small group? Yeah, you can do it in your small group. You uh, you can do it. You can do it online. You can do it in your own family. What a great thing for a spiritual leader, a father, to be able to do with his family. To have this. What a great thing for you to do when you wake up. When you wake up in the morning, look back to what Christ has done for you. Look forward to being with Him. Look in to let Him judge you so no one else has to, so you can look around today and know that you're all taken care of and it's not about you anymore. Now you can look around to see how He wants to use you mightily in this world, and that's why He's got you here. That's why we have these colors here. We have shirts with these colors, we have different things with these colors, we have stickers. If you want any of that, let me know. Uh, I can hook you up with stickers and stuff, but we look back. This black represents the sin that was in my life. How many of y'all had sin in your life? How many of y'all got rid of all of it, man? No, raise your hand through Christ. We did, but still practically speaking, there's some there, right? But we can't cover this sin. We can't take the sin away. And so we had a problem because God can't let sin into heaven. That's a bad That's a bad deal. He can't let sin in heaven, and we all have it. So what had to happen is that he had to come and be Jesus. He, God, God became Jesus. God was God the Father. There's God the Spirit. There's God that's Jesus. Jesus says, I'm God, whole, whole thing. Jesus, as God, came to this planet, lived a perfect life. Lived a perfect life, never sinned once. But he paid the penalty of a sinner when he died a death on the cross. And God said, yeah, I'll take it from somebody who's perfect, who does this. I'll take that and I'll accept that as a final payment for sin. Hey, when there's a final payment on something, do you owe any more? No. If there's a final, how many of you ever made a final payment on something? You ever make a final payment on a house? Anybody ever burn, done that and you burned your, your deed, your mortgage, right? Because there's no more payments. Christ, what was the one of the last things he said? What was that one of the last things he said on the cross? It is. Yeah, and it wasn't like, it's finished. It was like, it's finished. It's done. If you've ever had an insurmountable task, The most awesome task you've had to accomplish in your life. You've ever had that, and when it's finished, April, you ever finish something? And you're like, it's finally finished. That's what Christ did. He finished payment with his blood uh, for our sins, and he not only took them away, but he paid for them. They're gone. So when we look back, we're looking back to the fact that, dude, I was a loser. We can do worship aerobics here. How many of y'all were a loser? <laughs> All right, just help me out. Come on, man. How many of y'all were a loser? go, let me see you loser. Admit. That's admitting I'm a sinner. That's for, I'm a loser. But since I'm saved, now I'm a, I'm a winner. <laughs> All right? I'm a winner. You know, we have a hard time admitting this, that we were losers, right? No, man, I wasn't, you should have seen my neighbor. He was a bigger loser than me. No, but one sin violates the entire law and you're guilty. You are guilty. And there's a penalty to be paid. And the penalty is death, eternal separation from God. That's what—that's what this. how big this black part was. It was my sin. And again, I couldn't cover it. I couldn't take it away. I needed Christ to come. So when we think about looking back, and we're going to look at this in Scripture, this is just a prelude. prelude. When we think back, think back of what you were like without Christ. Think about what you're like right now even when you don't follow Christ. Think what you're like when you're in the middle of snowbird traffic right now. Did, uh, uh, Benjamin, how long y'all been here now? Right, five months, and they are California refugees, okay? So so they probably even have the hats that says, don't California my Florida. If they don't, they're getting one, right? But anyways, um, in that, he was mentioning last night, oh my goodness, it's taken us forever to get anywhere. And it's like, oh, this is just the prelude. Wait till after things, after Christmas, man. Yeah, and, and you know when you know it's snowbird traffic? When the right lane is moving way faster than the left lane. <laughs> You're there, because everybody's in the left lane five miles before they got to turn because they don't want to miss it because they don't know where it's at. But anyways, I'm just, but in all of this, there's times in our life right now where, where our flesh rises to the top, and we've got sin, man, and, and, and we've got to know that it's covered, and we've got to act like it. We've got to act like it. But when we look back, we think of the sin that was in our lives. We 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 think about the blood of Christ that took it away. And that's what he did for us. But so once he took your sins away and you're covered, is this your home anymore, Karen? No. Where's your home? Your home is heaven. We are only here for a short period. So this gold represents where my home is. My home is in heaven. And that's looking forward. We look back to what he did for me. But we look forward to where he's taking us. And again, when you seriously think about heaven, and in fact, if you want to do this later today, if you're not really like, well, what's so special about heaven? Yeah, I hear about it. No, whatever. You know, if you don't think heaven is really an awesome place to be, better than right here, right now, I challenge you to read the last two chapters of the book of Revelation. Just read the last two chapters and let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. It doesn't take a seminary uh, degree. You don't have to know Greek, Hebrew, whatever. You don't do just read the last two chapters of Revelation, and you read that, and this is how it all ends. And that's what we're reminded of when we look forward. Can you believe, Johnny? Can you believe you will never do anything ever again to to get in trouble with Lee? Can, can you believe you'd never do anything? I don't know, have you ever done something and you're doing your best and it's like, wow, well, that didn't work? No, not with you two, but you two are like the chipmunks. But but literally, <laughs> how many of you, the better, more you try to do the right thing, the more you're like, well, dang, that didn't work out. Anybody there? <laughs> yeah. And, and can you believe in heaven? It's not gonna be anything. You'll never be, Gavin, you will never throw a disc in the water again. In heaven, if it does, it's going to miraculously float to the top and go right back in your bag, brother. It's all going to be perfect. Man, there, we're never going to mess up in heaven. We'll be incapable of it because we'll be perfect. And he, he's perfect and heaven's perfect. Every does that not sound like a good place to be? you All how about Milton, dude? Can you believe? Hey, it, it, was Milton, the poster child for perfection. No, in fact, in fact, I brought you you up and Milton up to his brother, Daniel. He was like, oh, (laughs) yeah, you guys got in trouble before, didn't you? Y'all caused trouble. You instigated each other. You'll never be able to do in heaven. Milton can't get in trouble ever again. Is that hard to believe? That's hard to believe. Only thing harder to believe is you won't get in trouble again. (laughs) Right. So (laughs) so in that man, heaven is a place of perfection. And how long are we going to be there? Y'all forever so when we're there nothing can take us away ever and realistically speaking how long will it be till we're there how how long i mean if he comes back you understand we're going to talk about this in a minute but there's no signs for the rapture the rapture could happen at any particular time all the signs he gave us were for the second coming and you know, the second coming, all those signs about all these things escalating, escalating, that would be like Christmas. All right. The second coming would be like Christmas. And what comes before what holiday comes before Christmas, y'all? Thanksgiving. So if you go into Walmart or Target for those, of you scared of Walmart, especially Fort Pierce one. But I'm just saying, if you go in, it's amazing. It's a, It's a cultural revolution. I love it. But literally you go into walmart dude and you see christmas decorations what holiday do you know is right around the corner yeah Halloween. (laughs) man it could be president's day it could be whatever yeah but literally if you see how decorations for christmas you know thanksgiving's around the corner amen how many y'all are seeing signs of the second coming of christ Are you seeing them escalate? Are you seeing them if you're looking? Go read Matthew 24 and all that. And yes, it's the second coming. But if you're seeing decorations for the second coming of Christ escalating and and, and revving up, oh my goodness, you got to know the rapture's around the corner. And he never told us to worry about when the rapture was. He just said, you just stay busy. Scott, you just stay busy, dude. You stay busy. I'm going to give you opportunities to please me. I'm going to give you opportunities that require faith. You got any of those? Yeah. And so this opportunity you guys have, and if I had liberty, I could pick a whole bunch of other people out here and I don't, but you're the tip of the iceberg, my brother. It's an opportunity to please him. Hebrews, he says, you, it, without faith, it is impossible to please him, but you gotta believe he is who he says he is and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. There's your job, diligently seek him and all of you in that situation, diligently seek him, Diligently. And he rewards that. And later, you'll look back and say, wow, oh, my goodness. So in this, the black is and the red is where we look back. The gold is where we look forward to heaven where there's no more of this. The green is where we live right now. And it's where we do receive those situations that are difficult, the situations that require faith. Now, man, do you think there's going to be rewards for you in heaven for living with Gary? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> For all those years before he was saved, I'm just saying, you know, but yeah, literally some of y'all are like, oh man, you know, God, thank you for my horrible husband, man. I'm getting reward. No, but, but seriously, whatever you're going through in this planet right now is an opportunity to please him. It's an opportunity to become more like him. It's an opportunity for him to get glory because he's going to do something through you that you couldn't do on your own. Man, anybody ever heard that Bible verse, God helps them to help themselves? Anybody hear that? That's straight out of the pit of hell. (laughs) God helps those who can't help themselves. That's what he teaches in the word of God. Our job is like Aaron and her and Moses, and, and we were just reading this on Wednesday night, where they got attacked from behind by the Amalekites. They took all the stragglers. They did all this stuff, man. And and there's people dying back there. And 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 God tells Moses, uh, hey, tell Joshua get an army and go. And and when they get ready, y'all know that story. Anybody know that story in chapter 17? And what ends up happening? He uh, Moses comes the next day and says, hey. Uh, Joshua, yeah, you go get an army and me and Aaron, my brother and her, which is probably my brother-in-law, we're going to go up on the mountain. We're going to pray. And they each had their job to do, right? You remember that? And so first battle that they ever had, ragtag army, whatever. And whenever Moses, he had the rod of God, right? And whenever he lifted it up, what happened to the Israeli army? They were winning. They were winning. And here's Moses holding up this telephone pole, holding up this stick and, but as his arms got tired, man, what happened? What happened? They started losing. So, Aaron and her, what did they do? They got on either side of him and they lifted his arms up. And God was showing us, man, we need each other in this. God wants to get glory. And so, he used those guys there. They had to do their job. If they weren't praying, it doesn't matter how good they were fighting. But what if, what if, these guys were praying and these guys weren't fighting. Would the battle have gotten won? No, you got your part that you got to do. You walk with God and say, "What do you want me to do, God?" and you do it. "What do you want me to do now, God?" and you do it. But it's always done in such a way that when it's solved, when it's when it's done, God gets the glory and you get to be part of something really supernatural and cool. If Joshua would have came down and fought and Moses and them didn't pray, what would have happened? They'd have lost. If they would have been praying and Joshua didn't fight, what happened? They'd have lost. They had to do their job, but they had to do what God wanted them to do, and God empowered them, and God did something so supernatural that only He could get blamed. That's what this green is about. This green is where we go and we look in. For the purpose of looking around, we look in to see God, show me where I'm like the world. Show me where I'm trusting in the world's resources. Show me where I'm trusting in my resources. Show me where, where, where I'm no different than anybody who, does, who, who claims they don't have a God in them. Show me, where I'm, sh- you know, show me where I'm not representing you right, God. God, reveal to me where I'm blowing your testimony. Reveal to me where I'm making your name worth more and where I'm making your name worth less. Show me, God. Reveal it to me. And, and, and let me grow more in love with you. Let me grow in my faith. That's what the green is, is grow. Let me grow in my faith, God. As I grow in my faith, Then, now I can be a witness as I look around. So I want to look back to what you did for me. I want to look forward to being with you. But in the meantime, I'm here. And isn't this the hard place to be? Is here. That's a hard place to be. Because he's continually stretching our faith. How many of y'all would be willing to raise your hand and say, well, my faith hasn't been stretched in forever. (laughs) I'm good, man. I don't want... I'm good. I got... No stretching going on here. Me and God do this. You know what? I would check your salvation because you ain't met the devil. You might be going his way. I'm just saying. God loves you too much to leave you in your current state, and He's always trying to grow your faith, always. And so that's why we look back to what He's done for us. We look forward to being with Him one day. But while we're here, man. We know we're not perfect, so that's why he says, I want you to look in. I want you to spend some time with me. And he doesn't tell us how often, doesn't tell us how long. He says, I want you to spend some time with me and ask me to show you how you could represent me better. And aren't you glad God doesn't dump it all on you at one time? You couldn't handle that, could you? <laughs> He's going to just give you something. He'll give you encouragement and he'll give you conviction. He'll show you what he wants you to work on. He'll show you where you're, where you're doing good and keep going. But you got to spend that time with him and, and let him judge you because most of the time, we overestimate how good we are and we underestimate how bad we are. Uh, I've said this before. How many of y'all have ever taken a bad picture? Anybody ever seen a bad picture? Anybody ever had a picture of somebody posted of you on Facebook or on Instagram? You're like, oh, take that down, Emily. I'm just saying, like, so when she was little, we went to Crawdaddy's, dude, and got and she helped me with a pound of craw, she had a pound of crawfish, I had a pound of crawfish. We can pound some crawfish. That was just starters, man. And she was going out, she had red all over her face, man. She was like, "Oh, I mean, she was cave woman. She was going cuz I taught her well." All right? She's a fishing eater on them crawfish when she ain't trying to be dainty or whatever, but I'm just saying she was there. I don't know how old were you maybe? you were just kind of one of them young teenagers, right? I guess, you know. And anyways so i was proud of her i took a picture and posted it i'm like that's my girl <laughs> you remember that oh she was irate take that down it's like how many of y'all ever had somebody take one down because it's a bad picture you know oh wait it makes my belly look fat no your belly makes your belly look fat <laughs> you know it's like again y'all like, girls how many of y'all know how to pose for your picture right You know, and what happened is when you get that unsuspecting bad picture, you weren't posing for it. You saw your bad side, right? And so, anyways, we see our good side all the time. We need God sometimes. It's a mirror, it's a mirror, not a glamour shot. You remember the glamour shots? Y'all remember that? How many of y'all embarrassingly have some of those glamour shots still in your attic? Yeah. How, how many of y'all actually have them still on a wall? <laughs> yeah. You remember them? But this is, the Bible's not a glamour shot. It's a mirror. It shows us reality. And aren't you glad that it shows you reality? I mean, you really want to walk around with something green hanging out from under your nose and nobody telling you? That's what the Bible says. Man, fix that. That's not how I want to be represented in this world. Fix it. And I'm going to give you the desire and the ability to fix it. Because I love you too much to let you stay that way. How many of y'all got people in your life that don't love you enough to tell you if you got something wrong? You walk around all day with your zipper down, right? Nobody says nothing. Nothing happened to you, none of y'all. I'm just saying. Why didn't you tell me? Well, you know, because I'd watch people laugh at you. But anyways. But literally, that's what the word of God is. That's what the green part is. He gives us situations that make us grow. And it requires our faith and what and, 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 we have to look in to let him reveal those hard things to us. That's why he says, we don't do this voluntarily a lot. Oh, hey, dear God, please. Hey, do you ever go to your parents? And, and now you're the oldest, right? Are you the oldest? And yes, because. All right. And so do you ever go to your parents and say, look, I love you guys so much. You do that? Yeah, that's cool. That's a great thing to do. Keep doing that. I love you guys so much, man. I am so grateful for everything you have done in the past for me. Are you grateful for everything you've done? Oh, my goodness. I am grateful that you took me to dentist when I was a kid, so I still have teeth, man. I am so grateful that you taught me how to bathe. I'm great. Man, I'm grateful for everything I have, man. I'm grateful for everything in the past. And, 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 and I am so grateful for the future. Oh, I am so. Are you grateful for the future with your parents? Or are you like, dude, no way, man. I want to trade them and get some new ones? No, dude, you love them. See, there you go. the Good. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm so grateful. I can't wait to see what our future looks like. Yeah, I can't wait to grow up with you being my parents, right? That's awesome. Now, motherest and dadist dearest, I know that I am far from perfect. Are you far from perfect? Yes. So would you guys on a daily basis show me, w- mom, will you tell me what my, what, what, how could I better represent you and dad? Uh, tell dad, can you show me the things that I'm doing wrong right now, especially in my golf game and in my other dad, can you show me things I'm doing wrong in my life so that so that I can fix them and represent you better? Does that sound like a fun thing to do? It does. Good. You'll be a good Christian, man. <laughs> but but so seriously, that's what we're doing here. But how many of y'all dread going and saying, can you show me something that's wrong in my life right now that needs to be fixed? How many of y'all like doing that? How many of y'all are just trying to make it through fixing the things you know that are already broken and asking for grace for that and so on? And, but here, are, are, he's grateful for his past, grateful for his future, but can you imagine kids going to... Now, you're, you're a cool, look, sweet-looking little kid, man, and I could see you doing that, right? But man, there are some kids out there that would never go and ask their parents. How many of y'all as as kids would have never asked your parents to show you what you've done wrong? Oh, no way, dude. Yeah, Gavin, did Gavin come to you and say, oh, mother dearest, show me what I've done wrong so I can be a perfect son. No, in fact, he was hiding all the things he was doing. And that's what we do with God. This kid's an anomaly. All right, so, (laughs) in all of that. But that's what communion is communion is coming and saying, God, show me. God, show me. And, oh, how many times have you ever had God show you something and it hurt? You're like, oh, no, I didn't. Oh, man, how many of y'all cringed when he's shown you stuff? I did last night. I, dude, I, I didn't realize how much I talked at your little, like, dinner party last night. I got home and you're like, I'm like, oh, my good. I'm tired. God said, like, well, you should be. You never shut up. And I'm like, <laughs> And I'm sorry, so I publicly apologize if y'all didn't get a word in edgewise. But but yeah, sometimes doesn't the Holy Spirit convict you of things? That, but it's good to have that conviction. David said, it was good that I was afflicted. Now I'm more like you. And so we look back, we look forward, we look in. And the whole purpose is so that when we look out, we can show them who Jesus is. Amen. Because your eternity is already taken care of. Your ticket is already punched if you're a believer. It's not about you. It's not about your comfort. It's about your character. It's about how you represent Christ, even in the midst of crises. Because He's the one who gave you that crisis so that you can please Him through the faith that He's going to give you for that. But it takes communion for us to sit down with a holy, righteous God and say, I want to hang out with you and I want you to show me this. And that's what communion is. All right, so help me out before we get into it all. All right, so uh, get your thumbs ready, y'all. Y'all ready? We're going to look what? Back. So we can look. That's it, man. And so, again, you can do Wouldn't that be cool if you did that every morning? Took your time and did that every morning. Had communion with God. Doesn't mean you have to have, you know, grape juice and crackers or whatever you're going to have. We were talking last night in Haiti, the wine. They use real wine, but it tastes like nail polish remover. Whoo, it's rough. And it uh, doesn't mean you have to have any of that stuff. But what you got to do is you go through this. And when we teach about it, it's, it's not like you're botanist and you need to learn new things about this flower. It's not like, you know, you need to learn something. It's what you do with this. That's the important thing about the Lord's Supper is what we do with it. All right, so let's take a look at what Paul said to the Corinthians in this. <clears throat> he said, look back to what Jesus has done for you. Now, to set it up, I'm starting in uh, verse 23, but a few, cha- a few verses prior, um, he's kind of confronting him. He says, here's one thing I'd, I don't have to, uh, you know, compliment you guys on. He said, this is something, I understand there's division among you guys. Can you imagine division among people in a church? People of Christ? Can you imagine some, somebody over here not liking this person, having, having a disagreement with that person? Can, can you imagine? Uh, man, can you can you imagine that? In a family, can you imagine there being division? Can you imagine it being in a, in a church? Can you he said, man, I, I can't imagine because if we understand our real purposes for Christ, it doesn't really matter what's going on here you know, and that's where he brings them back to. But he says, so you guys are having this thing called a love feast. And what you're doing is before church, y'all are bringing a bunch of food. That's a good idea, right? Bunch of food. And now you got to understand in that society, there was very little middle class. you were rich or you were poor. So the rich people would bring food. Poor people would kind of scrap some, bring some meager scraps, but they were counting on being able to eat some of the rich people's food because it might, Like when we go to Haiti and we buy the goats and we buy the pigs and we buy rice and we buy beans and and we we buy the soda and, you know, about five to seven hundred bucks it used to be. And we could feed a whole community on Sunday night with a big festival and praise God and everything. You know, that was the only meat they were going to get might be until the next time I come. And so the poor people would come to church and hopefully get something. The rich people had plenty. Because the middle class was gone in that. That's how the rich ruled the poor, but Christianity was changing all of that because we were all now equal but different and held accountable for what we had as resources. So they would come together and the rich people would now use their their riches as leverage. Can you imagine rich people using their riches as leverage in a church? Praise God that doesn't happen here. We fight so hard to keep the money, power, and politics out of this place. Amen? We do god been in it before. Well, if you don't let me sing my special, I'm taking my tie check. Well, amen, sister. God must want you somewhere else. Because that ain't how we play here. We're equal but different. We're all bought with the blood of Christ. And we're all here, and one day you'll be accountable as to how you use what God gave you. Whether it's material riches or it's emotional riches, (laughs) You know whatever kind of riches you have, we use them to help people who are who are lacking in that area, and it's it's a variable; it switches around. We're busy helping each other, but what they were doing is they became at a class system now, and there was a problem in the church. There was division, and there and it was all about this love feast. It was not a love feast; it was a hate feast. Because they were like, oh, look at our chicken here. Oh, here, we'll give that scrap to the dog. And the person's over here looking like, oh, I'd love to eat the rest of that chicken off your bone. What a horrible thing. And Paul said, I I, I hear there's divisions among you, but and I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it one bit. He said, when you come to have communion, to have this Lord's Supper, this isn't what it's about. If you're hungry, dude, eat at home. If you can't come and share with other people, man, eat at home, keep it at home. Now, that's not what this is about. He said here's what communion's about. I got this from the Lord and this is how we have communion. Now if we want to have potluck before and after we got to do it and do it right, but he said this is what communion's about. And this is the context the apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians concerning. Verse 23 he says, I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. Now whether he received that from apostles or he just had a revelation straight from God, bottom line, God in his word is vouching that this is what God says is communion is supposed to be what the Lord's Supper is supposed to be. He said, I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. So this has got authority to it. He said, on the night when Jesus was betrayed, the Lord took some bread. Now, on the night before he was betrayed, they were having a common meal. And what was the, what was the festival they were celebrating at that point? Passover, yeah. And it was a common thing. It, it was, the Passover was them being delivered from Egypt to have very strict rules. So what man would have the audacity to change something with such deep history and deep roots and change it and say here's a new meaning for this significant meal. Would a man have the right to do that, Sam? Only God Almighty himself and this is Jesus saying I'm God Almighty and I'm changing it. I'm the fulfillment of the Passover. I am it and that's what you're celebrating in this. So on the night when he was betrayed, when you're looking back to what he did for you, how was Jesus betrayed? Y'all, this is where y'all get to talk. Hey Sean, how was Jesus betrayed? Judas, oh my goodness, and oh, Judas, oh, did, did, did he make some underhanded contract behind his back, and and did he just like kind of point to him from afar? How did he actually betray him? Oh, a kiss. If you were Jesus, and you knew everything, and you knew Judas was coming to kiss you, man, and you didn't understand eternity, hey, Chris, what would you have done to Judas when he came up puckered up? <laughs> I would have punched his puckered up mouth, I'm just saying, but Jesus knew everything. He knew it was part of the plan. Do you think emotionally it hurt as a man? Do You think mentally? I mean, he had feeling he was a man. He went through everything that we went through. It tells us in the book of Hebrews, but he never sinned. Have you ever allowed, we've talked about this in the armor of God, allowed your emotions to override righteousness in your life? If there was a time Christ could have done that, he was betrayed. He poured his life into this guy. He died for the one that betrayed him. Man, he was betrayed. And even on the night when he was betrayed, man, if you go read John 14, 15, 6, all about the Holy Spirit coming, the Comforter, the vine, all of that. You read all of that. Hey, guess when he did that? Guess when he had that whole speech with the disciples? It was on on the night when he was betrayed. Good job, man. All right. And that's what I have to do with the adults sometimes too. But uh, yeah, on the night he was betrayed. He's trying to tell them, look, I'm going away, guys. I'm going away. But don't freak out. I'm sending another one just like me. And he's going to live inside of you. He's, gonna, he's the comfort of the paraclete to walk alongside. He's going to be just like me, only different. And he can be with each one of you. In fact, it's going to be better that I'm not with you and that he is with all of you. Because he's omnipresent and I'm not. He didn't say all of that. That's what he's talking to them about. He's trying to tell them. Uh, and they're like, what? Well, what? You're going to die? What? Ah, blah, blah, blah. They can't hear anything. You ever have that happen? Where your parents sound like, oh, you, ever, you probably don't even know what Charlie Brown's teacher sounds like. Oh, wow, wow, wow. oh she does? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good, good. That's it. Yeah, a lot of people don't even know what Charlie Brown's teacher sounds like. like. Charlie, who? What? Does he play for the Browns? <laughs> i like, is he on the Dolphins? No, but um, yeah, they didn't hear anything else. They didn't hear anything else. They were just like, what? Wait, whoa, whoa. This is not how our plan worked. Hold on, hold on. Till you come back down on my plan and tell me how this is going to work. I don't hear anything else. And he's trying to tell them how good it's going to be. And, and you even remember, they're still thinking that he's going to kick Roman tail and the Jews are going to be in charge the next day. In fact, what are they even arguing about? What are they arguing about, y'all? yeah. Woo. Hey. So it, John and James, they were rich boys they, and, and their mom must have some pull and she's over there pull, pulling strings with Jesus. Hey, so my boys, you know how valuable they are. They're, they're like your most valuable players. They're the starting, you know, they're the, the shortstop. They're the, you know, leading in home runs, all that. Hey, can, can they sit next to you in the kingdom? And he said, you got no clue what's going on. Listen, listen in all of this. So, man, the betrayal goes deep. Could you imagine knowing it's the last time physically you're going to spend some time with somebody and they you have some information for them they desperately need and they don't want to hear it. (laughs) Man, you're trying. Have you ever tried to pour into somebody something they really need and they just like it's gone? Man, so on the night when he's betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread. Common thing. And in fact, you can do this every time you do take bread. Go to Crawdaddy's and get some bread and Get extra bread like I do and that little hot sauce or whatever, man. Crawdaddies. Why am I thinking of crawdaddies today? Man. But, man, anytime you have bread, you can let it make you think of this. Well, I'm on a gluten-free diet, so <laughs> use gluten-free bread. I don't know, man. But anyways, back in the day, it used to work as illustration for all of us. But on the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread, part of the meal, and he changed it. He said, <laughs> and, give, and, give, and he gave thanks to God for it. How about if April, if you knew you were getting ready to go through the toughest time of your life, let's just say you had a crystal ball. I am not a gift of prophecy. I'm not saying, this, but let's just say that we are going to get hit with a cat five hurricane. Now that's not what any of the models are kind of saying. It might be cat one, whatever, but let's just say we're going to have a huge cat five come straight across and it's going to take out everything you guys own. And you already know that's going to happen. The night before it happens, you know it's going to happen. Would, at your dinner, would you be like, and thank you, God, for this bread. <laughs> you, yeah, <laughs> I know, there you are. Right? It's in the Bible. You're supposed to eat this stuff, all right? I'm, but, but literally, think, think of, think, he's, the, the point is, is that in this night when he knows all this is going, he's going to be a beat beyond recognition, and he's grateful. How can he be grateful for that? Brandon, how can he be grateful for that? Yeah, because he what? He knows the rest of the story. How many of y'all know the rest of the story? You know the rest of the story. Go read Revelation, the last two chapters, and you'll know the rest of the story. And you won't be ungrateful. You will truly be grateful. And it will catch up to your emotions and your feelings and your thoughts and your desires. It will catch up to all of that eventually. But he gave thanks to God for it. He broke it in peace and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Um, and actually, in the original Greek, or in the Greek, it just says, This is my body, which is for you. I'm using my body for you. That's what he said. Do it in remembrance of me. So it, that's looking back. If you're remembering, you're looking which way? Back. So every time you eat bread, how many of y'all think you're going to eat some bread today, except you gluten pe- non-gluten people, non gluten people? What do you eat instead of bread, Emily? Nothing. What are you eating instead of bread? Rice or something. So every time you break rice, <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> for the rest of y'all that are eating bread, how many of y'all are still eating bread, man? All right. Now, I'm not saying you're better than the people not eating it. In fact, you know, I'm, telling you, I'm saying it all. But, but, but seriously, every time you eat bread, you could, think, you could think back. That's what he did. He took a piece of a, common, of a meal, something that was in every common meal, and said, use this to remember me. Would it hurt you at some meals to remember God? Isn't that while we pray? Isn't that why we pray for our food? We're grateful for it. But what if every time you broke bread, every time you sat down to eat, you remembered what he did for you? That's what we're looking back to do, remembering. So he broke it in pieces. This is my body, which is given for you, which is for you. Some say in manuscript, some of the, the translations say broken for you, some say given for you, but really it's that's inferred in there. And in the Greek it just says, It's for you. I came to this planet. Hey, Marley, who'd he come to this planet for? Huh? Yeah, that you weren't listening. Yeah, he's using the earth. He came for you. So, so when I ask you again, all right, watch this, watch this. What? Say me. E- Ethan, who did Christ come for? When it says, this is my body, which is for you. Who'd he come, who'd he come for? Say it louder. Me. On the count of three, everybody, who'd he come for? Me. me. Yeah. He came for me, man. Look back. And know he came for me. Does that make a difference in your life to know that God Almighty came for you personally? Do you believe that? That's what Scripture says. There's value in looking back. In, his, in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper. And by the way, in this particular part of the um, Passover meal, this was actually called the, the, the cup of redemption. Isn't it interesting that he's changing the cup of redemption uh, because he is redemption. He's getting ready to redeem people with his blood. So he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup represents, is a new covenant. It's a new covenant. Gavin, what person could have, man could have the audacity to change God's covenant and make a new one? Could a man have that? No, only almighty who? God, God. Yeah, only almighty God. God. He said he changed this ancient thing that was been going on since the Passover. This cup is the new covenant. And who's it between God and, and who? On the count of three, one, two, three. Ethan, who? Yeah, it's a new covenant between God and me. It's different than the covenant that Abraham had, different than the covenant that Moses had and the Jews had. It's a brand new covenant that's between us and God, where Christ makes us have peace with him. He makes us have peace with God through his sacrifice on the cross. Look what he says. It's an agreement confirmed with what? What's an agreement confirmed with Taylor Twins? And I got you guys too. It's Caitlin and... Oh, Caitlin. Oh, what? You guys are confusing me now. I, it wouldn't matter. I said Caitlin, and they shook their head, and I said, Caitlin, they shook their head on both. No, I'm not trusting you now. All right. <laughs> Online, I know who you guys are. All right. So... All right, let me pull this mental wedgie and get back to where I'm at again. Where were we on this? All right, the new twi- an agreement covered with my what? Blood. Oh, but does it say with my blood and your behavior? Does it say my blood and your perception of what of God? No, it's what your agreement, the peace between you and God is confirmed with what? And that's it. Do you believe it was just that? How many of y'all believe that your behavior? You're at, how many of y'all ever ever behave in such a way, or how, how many of y'all feel like maybe you, you don't have a relationship with God? You know, you've had one, but how many of y'all ever done something, and you're like, oh, man, God doesn't like me? Man, oh, I don't have... Your, your righteousness is confirmed by what? Yeah. So he's your, he's your spiritual parent in this. So is there anything you could ever do to not be your parent, parents' kids? And there's no, is there anything you could ever do to not be God's kid? No. But when you misbehave, what is their responsibility? When you don't behave and represent them correctly, what is their responsibility? Yeah, say what? Discipline, discipline you. Yes, man, discipline you. That's, and, and, and so God, where did they learn that from? God, because that's God's job. How many of y'all want to be disciplined by God? then you better pay attention to this next part about looking in, all right? So anyways, in this, he says, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, agreement confirmed with what? And, you're not, and not your behavior, but by the same token, if your behavior doesn't represent him. Hey, what happens when you misrepresent your parents? Like, do your parents approve of you screaming in the store going, but I want this! Do your parents approve of that? No. What would happen if you did that in the store? You would get disciplined. Yeah, exactly. Good. Y'all are good parents. So if they'll discipline you for misrepresenting them, imagine what God does. And God may say, Ethan, you need to chill. How many of y'all have ever had God say, e- you need to chill? Kelly, you ever had say, God, you need to chill? God says, Kelly, chill. And how many of y'all never, you didn't listen to the small, still voice? And then he, he says, Kelly, I said chill. And you listen for a minute and then you don't. But what does he eventually have to do? Whatever it takes, because he loves you so much, he doesn't want to leave you in your current state. So man, it's an agreement, confirm on my blood. Do this in remembrance of me, as often you drink it. So every time you eat and drink, guess what? Which way can you look? Back, as to what he did for you, all right? So next, um, did it move? There we go, look forward to his return. We look back to what he did for us. We look forward to his return. This is a short verse, but man, there's a lot to it. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, so every time you have communion, every time you celebrate the Lord's Supper, every time you have you do this, he didn't tell us how often to do it, but he just says we're supposed to do it. And every time you do it, he says you are announcing. What's another word for announcing? Preaching. Man, you're proclaiming. You're telling yourself. You're telling God you believe. How y'all believe God's coming back? Y'all believe he's coming back, or is he just leaving us here forever No, No. You're telling the world, I believe this. You're telling your husband and wife, and you're telling everybody you know, I believe this is it. But you know what? Christians are very lax. What would happen right now if you say, well, Jesus is coming back? How many of y'all are a little hesitant in telling your coworkers that? (laughs) You're a little hesitant in telling your neighbors that. Why are we hesitant? You afraid they're going to give you a tinfoil hat? (laughs) Literally. Do you, how many of y'all believe that's the truth, that Christ is coming back? Yeah, you believe that. How many of y'all feel a little hesitant on saying that sometimes though? Yeah, I don't know why. You know why? I think because we're so ingrained and entrenched in this world sometimes. You know, when I've been going through Revelation now, that's where I'm at my personal devotion, that's where we're at on Mondays. And so you get guys getting the your guys are getting the uh texts from me, and they all are like, oh, lightning bolts and earthquakes and psh, the world's being destroyed. And and I get texts back from people, man, when are you gonna be done with this? I'm like when God is, I'm only in Revelation. I, this is an important part. This is where God has not, doesn't have that grace and mercy anymore. He's, call, he's saying, look, y'all rejected the greatest act of love of all time. Now here's judgment. And you, aren't, you didn't listen to love, so now here's destruction. And in this destruction, you're reading that people, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people are getting saved because they didn't listen to love. They got to listen to wrath. What's it going to take for you now that you're saved? That's what we were talking about here. But if you're unsaved, what's it going to take for you? And it's amazing how God does these terrible things and destroys the earth. And some people fight them and some people go, all right, I give up. (laughs) I give up. I'm yours. And they get martyred and taken to heaven right away. And that's what's going to happen during all of that. But again, what does it take for you? Maybe God's been trying to speak to you about something. And maybe you've been kind of deaf. Keone, every once in a while, I'll say, Keone, your ears aren't working very well. And you know what he knows? He knows what, what I mean by that. Because he knows I might have to just whack whack his little rear end a little bit to loosen his ears up. That's what I tell him. I said, Do I have to hit you on the rear end? And yes, I know I'm on. <laughs> Dude, this is biblical. <laughs> This is biblical. And if I go to jail for biblical discipline, then I got prison ministry. Amen. That's for you, World Wide Web. (laughs) Just saying. And and again, in, in the word of God, in Proverbs, it says foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. But the rod of correction drives it far from. And the rod is anything from a, a, a twig to a battle club. And you've got to have God's wisdom and know what to use. And he has wisdom in knowing what discipline to use for us. Amen. Because how many of y'all know you've got foolishness bound up in your heart? <laughs> yeah, and that's what it's for. But yeah, often I'm like, Keone, your ears don't seem to be working. i got to jar your rear end a little bit to knock that stuff out of your ears. And you're no, sir, I got it. <laughs> you know. And that's my question maybe for you today. Does God have to knock you on the rear end a little bit to jar your ears clear? I don't know. That's what Lord's Supper's for when we have that time to look in. All right, God, I don't really want to get whacked any harder than I am right now. God, I don't. And I'm not saying if you can whacked, that's why. But you got to give that option and say, God, you know, you're trying to get my attention. You know, in all this. So every time you eat this bread, drink this cup, he says, you are announcing The Lord's death until he comes, when? Again. So you're looking forward to it. You're telling everybody, every time we do this Lord's Supper, you're telling yourself, you're telling the Lord, you're telling everybody, I know you're coming again. This is not the final desperation. Can you imagine if your happiness, you have to pray for the election. And yes, sir, ma'am, we are told to pray for those in authority. And there is no political party or political, even as much as I love my governor and grateful that he was our governor through COVID and, and all the great things he's done and so on. He's not my savior. And there's no political party that's my savior. No candidate that's my savior. No country that's my savior. My savior is Jesus Christ. And no matter what, we go and vote the way we're supposed to vote because we have the privilege to vote. And you, you better vote because you are be held accountable, accountable to it. Not everybody in the world gets to vote. So you go vote, and you vote for a platform of the person, which what are the likelihood they're actually going to do the platform they say they are? That's not up to you. That's, that, they're going the to answer for that. But you take the platform that they say they represent, and this person represents, and you say, which one is going to help me live for Christ on this planet better? Which was going to make it better for me to be able to accomplish the things that I think Christ wants me to accomplish? And you vote for that person or that you vote for that platform.
1: But see, the world's got it all down to personality politics now.
0: And, and, and the bottom line is, no matter what, you know who's going to be elected in any position right now? You know who's going to be elected according to the Bible?
1: Whoever God
0: wants. But you still have to do your job.
1: Yeah, you have back. God has elected a lot of scoundrels all through the Old and New Testament because that's who
0: Israel deserved. Who? You know, even if God may have to rig an election, he'll see that his man gets in. Amen? And I'm not saying he did or didn't. I'm just saying God can do whatever he wants, and he's going to get whoever he wants in. We do what we can do, and we pray for those in charge, and we're grateful for what we do have. But understand, whatever God gives us, that's what we have. And I'm grateful. How many of you are grateful that you're not going to be on this planet forever? You're grateful for whoever gets elected in the midterms is not going to be in charge forever? <laughs> whoever, are you, how many of you are grateful that your eternal happiness isn't dependent upon the, the American government and the elected officials? I am for one. <laughs> it's all in Christ. You're announcing the Lord's death till he comes again. So there's good news. That's our blessed hope. It's our, that's what Jude calls it. He said, we should be looking forward to his return. That's who we, what we should be looking forward to. We're looking forward to his return because when he returns, we go to heaven. We should look forward to him calling us home because that's, that's our eternal home. Now, again, we have responsibilities and we do the best we can. We want to be able to represent him. And I would much rather represent him in a free country than a communist country. Amen. But if he puts me in one, guess what? There's revival happening all over in communist countries right now. There's revivals happening all over heavy Islamic countries right now. Some of the greatest revivals in the world are happening in some of the greatest persecution. And maybe that might be what God wants to do. I don't know. I don't have the gift of prophecy. But I know that when we do this, every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So we're looking back. And now we're looking which way? Forward. Okay, super quick because we're getting ready to do this. We're going to look in to judge ourselves so no one else has to. So in here, he says, so anyone, he tells us to do this. We're supposed to go take the Lord's Supper and do it. Anyone who eats and drinks this bread uh, or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily. That's been so misunderstood, like, oh, I got to like beat myself up to make myself worthy to do this. No, what this word unworthily means in the Greek, it means that you, do, you take it serious to have your parents ever like been in a serious like? And Ethan and you know, have you ever seen them in a serious conversation? I'm probably gonna get you in trouble for the rest of your life now. But, dude, it, do they make weird faces when they're like really serious and looking at you? Like, have you ever have they ever made a weird like? Dude, I've never seen my parents' face this way. You know, like, what, do they look weird sometimes when they're really in that serious like conversation? Like, you know, no, they don't. They will next time you watch. <laughs> And you, know what, and you know what, what would happen if all of a sudden you weren't listening to them and you were kind of looking at your dad's eyes going, huh, or you were watching your mom's teeth or you were watching her ears wiggle as, you know, the veins were popping out of her forehead maybe or something. Uh, does that happen there, Julia? You get one right there. Can you imagine if, if, if they were trying to correct you and you weren't, didn't, weren't paying attention? How would that go? Because when they're correcting you, what are you trying to do with everything you have? look right you're like you're trying to pay attention right because you don't pay attention what happens dude you're gonna get disciplined for not paying attention and that's what this part is about getting disciplined for not paying attention it's not about making yourself worthy enough it's like god's like hey i'm talking to you and you're walking around like yeah whatever yeah whatever i'm gonna go through the motions i'm gonna do this but whatever man can you imagine doing that to your parents Dude, your parents are like, Ethan, come here. We have something serious to talk to you about. And you're like, yeah, whatever. I'll finish. When I'm done with my Legos, you know, when I'm done, can you imagine, what would happen? Dude, it would get, you hear, you would get what? You would get what kind of discipline? Serious. serious. Yes. Serious. Not just discipline, but serious discipline. Can you imagine your kids walking off when you're like trying to have a, you know, like, all right. You know, you're already holding back, kind of like, and then they're walking off disrespecting you? Huh. Now, that's what God says, don't do that to me. That's what he's saying here. When he says unworthily, man, understand, I have saved you. You just talked, learned about what I did in the past. You're looking forward to being in the future. I want to help you get through this right now. And I've got great plans for you, but you've got to listen to me carefully about every detail. I don't want to hear, you know, this, that. No, focus on me. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything you need will be added unto you. Man, oh, don't ever walk away. You know, my problem was, dude, I could outrun my mom. <laughs> and, and can you imagine? Like, my mom would be like trying to like whack me and I'm laughing and running. That's who I was before I got saved. Y'all are like, don't be telling my kid that. Yeah. God saved me, and I got in more trouble because of that. Man, oh, school, I just could not help when I got disciplined, I couldn't help but laugh. I don't know why, did anybody else have that? Scott, you probably did. Your only thing you're thinking of is, God, please don't let me laugh right now, and then you burst out and they're like, what, do you think it's funny? And I'm like, no, but it is. I just, it was just how I dealt with it. But that's, God says, don't do that with him. Look at this, anyone who eats this bread drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily in a flippant manner who doesn't truly think about what he's done for you. You really don't put the time effort into thinking and looking forward to what he's gonna do for you or what you have in front of you. And you don't literally get in front of him and say, man, show me where I can represent you better. Show me what my faults are, God. Give me the grace to overcome these. God, I know these are my faults and I repent. And God, give me the power. Remind me that I already have the power to overcome this right now. That's what he's talking about. Anyone who eats his bread, drinks his cup, the Lord is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. He died so you could have power over sin. But you're flippantly running into sin when he made this a special time for you to deal with sin which is what we're going to have in a moment. That's why he said you should get your wife and have her examine you. Is that what he says? Sean, is that what your version says? Ask Julia to show you all your faults. <laughs> no. How many of y'all could do that? Show somebody else their faults? Yeah, because that's their blind spots. But how many of y'all think the Holy Spirit could do a better job because he knows everything? But he says, that's why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. You, ask the Holy Spirit, while we're here, we're going we're to start it, and you guys can line up, and you can come by, and you can grab your juice and grab your little cup with the oyster cracker in it, and you can come up, and while you're doing that, we're waiting for everybody. I want you to be praying. I want you to be thinking back. Say, Holy Spirit, what, what do you want me to remember about what you've done for me? And let him make that special for you. What do you want me to know about what I'm looking forward to in the future? And let him make that special for you. And then say, Holy Spirit, show me how I can represent you better. Show me why I'm having this communion. What is it that I need to have changed in my life? What do I need to see today from you in this? And you need to seriously do that. That's what he's saying. That's why he says, don't do it flippantly, because here's what was happening. When they were doing it flippantly, he said. He goes on to say, he says, if you eat this bread and drink the cup without honoring the body and blood of Christ, you're not honoring it. You're making fun. You're, you're flip, acting flippantly towards it. He said, you are eating and drinking judgment upon yourself. Hey, so you're already in trouble for something, right? I mean, your brother or sister ever blame you on for junk and you're not really that guilty. Well, if not, you're an anomaly again. But anyways, you're already in trouble for something, right? And they're talking to you. If you walk away, are you A, out of trouble, or are you B, in more trouble? Hey, Chris, at work, you have a boss, right? If boss is saying, Chris, this happened, and you pay attention, right? You're already in trouble for something. What if you just walk away? Are you in more trouble or less trouble? And then if you walk away because you get fired, then you go home to see Tara, are you in more trouble or less trouble? You see, walking away and not dealing with it gets us in more and more trouble. Amen? So he says, deal with it. But we don't like dealing with it. That's why he says we have communion. You are eating and drinking judgment, more judgment upon yourself. So that's why many of you are weak and sick. And he even says some of you have died. Talking to the Corinthians because it. Because here's the thing. Is there anything you can ever do to not become God's children again? No. No. But the fact is, is when he's had enough of you not listening, he can take you out and he takes you home prematurely. And he's done that. I've watched him take people out before who quit representing him that are his because of bitterness and different things. And it's not a pleasant thing. Said so that's why many of are weak, sick. Some have even died. And I'm not saying y'all are going to die if you don't take this serious. But God did. You take it for what it's worth, what he's speaking to you on that. But if we would examine ourselves, what he says, here's your choice again, you don't have to have that. If you'll examine yourself, then we would not be judged by God in this way. In other words, if you listen to the small, still voice, he doesn't have to go to the next step. If you're at the next step and you're listening to that, he doesn't have to go to the next step. And he doesn't have to go to the next step. You get to go as far in this discipline phase as you would like to go with God. But the point is, is we're in a discipline phase. How many of y'all are perfect and have nothing to be disciplined for? Then you're in a discipline phase, <laughs> and that's what this is for. But it's going to make you better. <laughs> Did your parents ever ever say, "It's going to hurt me more than it hurts you"? How many of y'all have heard that? This is new. They don't have those kind of things. They're like, these new moms are like, use your words. <laughs> what are some of y'all's new things? Like, man, well, how many of y'all have parents like, you, you don't, you want to cry? I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> you know? It's like, use your words. What? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> and anyways, a different parenting styles altogether. But the fact is, in this man, God loves us. And he doesn't want to leave us in our current way. He knows we're not going to voluntarily do this, so he wants us to to do it in this way with the Lord's Supper. And it's all for this purpose, so we can look around to help others escape eternal judgment. He said, when we are judged by the Lord, yet when we are judged by the Lord, when the Holy Spirit's convicting us, bringing this in, uh, we are being disciplined and we're becoming more like him so that we know that we're saved. That's what Hebrews says. Hey, how many of y'all would ever like to spank the kid in the grocery store It's being disrespectful? Any of y'all ever look and see a little brat in the grocery store and say, boy, and your mom's doing nothing? Well, I know you young moms are like, well, I'm not judging. <laughs> I'm not judging that. But, but literally, how many of y'all ever seen disrespectful kids and you're like, man, somebody needs to do something on that? But you can't get arrested, rightly so. <laughs> God doesn't spank. He spanks his kids. And that's what Hebrews says, is that when you get disciplined by the Lord, it's confidence to know that we're His kid. So it's a good thing. He said, it's letting you know that you will not be condemned along with the world. But He does say the world is getting ready to be what? Condemned. How many of y'all have people in your life that you would love to see be condemned and go to hell and spend eternity in hell and suffer forever? Seriously, shouldn't be any of us. In fact, if it is, you need to get right with God. Because when you understand what that's all about, the bottom line is, man, you're lucky that you're not there yourself. And so when we are close with God, we want people to be saved. In fact, that's the only way, the things we hate about them that we would make them want, make us want to feel bad about them, if they got saved, that would be totally changed. So we pray for their salvation, but we've got to show them what it looks like. And that's looking out. So which way are we looking, guys? We're going to look back. So we can look out. All right, I'm going to pray. I think JJ's going to come up here and noodle on his guitar a little bit. We can leave that up there so people can see, unless you've got a song. Um, but I'm going to pray, and when I get done praying, if you would like to, you know, with this chair set up, I'd say come up this way and uh, go around that way. And however you guys want to do it, just come on up and grab a cup of, of each. And while you're doing that, you already know what to think about, right? Phil, what are you going to be thinking about, man? What four ways are you going to think? Back, forward, in, and out. Everybody got that, right? And so I want you to be thinking about it. You ask the Holy Spirit what he wants you to do with this. That's what it's about. Holy Spirit in you, you're having communion with God. Not communion with me, because I can't help you. He can. He has all the power you need to do anything that needs to be done. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for commanding us to have communion with you. That sounds kind of weird about making us want to spend time with you. But, Father, for the special purpose of understanding um, what we have in you, of what you've done for us in the past, where we're going to be with you in the future, and help us just get that settled so we know that's all settled and it doesn't make what's going on in this life as big a deal then. It helps us to manage it better through faith, knowing that if you got the salvation and the glorification taken care of, the sanctification is guaranteed. We're going to end up like you. We just have to follow. So Father, help us to look back, look forward, but help us especially to look in. And see what it is you want us to see so we can represent you the way you want us to represent you as a giant God living inside of us. You want the world to see that. Help us. Because we can't do it on our own and we're telling you it's hard. In fact, we're telling you what you tell us. It's impossible to do. But everything's possible with you. So help us represent you so we can represent you to others. And I pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can start coming up and go back to your seat. And when everybody's done, that ought to give you enough time to look back, look forward, look in and look around. Spend some time with God on that. What an
1: honor to be invited to the marriage of the Lamb to come and worship Him Celebration is the joining of the bride and the sun, It's two becoming.
0: Word of God again tells us on the night when he was betrayed, the Lord took some bread and he gave thanks for it and he broke it in pieces. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying this is the cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this and remember to me as often as you drink it. Father, we again are so grateful that you give us the command to celebrate this. I pray that as a church, we would be sensitive to your Holy Spirit and corporately do it whenever you want us to do it because you know we need to do it. But I pray as individuals and as families, as small groups, Father, you'd give us direction on how and when to do this again. Father, I pray that you'd put it in our heart each morning to celebrate what you've done for us in the past. We would look forward to being with you in the future. I pray, Father, that we would ask your Holy Spirit to search us and know our heart and show us if there's anything unrighteous in us and lead us to do the right thing. Father, I pray we would have that spiritual audit each day. And I pray, Father, after we are so grateful for what you've done and what we've got in the future and for how you make us more like you and get glory out of our lives, I pray we would become soul conscious and we would look out. So, Father, I pray that we would fall in love with you, so much in love with you, that you would cause us to love others and the residual would all bounce back up on us. Oh, Father, thank you again and help us to never forget to look back, to look forward, to look in so we can look out. And I pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All God's people said...